This is More Than Construction, a journey group podcast about building community. Hello, and welcome back to More Than Construction. I'm your host, Nathan Walter, with my co-host, Aaron Ike. And in previous episodes, we've spent some time discussing Journey's support departments. And, and this is, I think, one of the last ones. We may highlight a, a couple here or there in the future, but for now, we're kind of wrapping up our little mini series on our support teams by looking at our lean department. Yet again, I believe this is an excellent example of how Journey provides more than construction to its partners, clients, and community. Because you could probably count on one hand the number of construction companies in our entire region that have a dedicated in-house lean department. Lean is not an acronym for anything. It's, It's simply an apt name for the team that helps People streamline the process, eliminate waste, reduce rework, make things as efficient, as lean as possible. Is that right? That's correct. Okay, good. (laughs) It doesn't have to be capitalized either. Oh, it doesn't. That's kind of a pet peeve when you're into lean is like you don't Don't need to capitalize L-E-A-N. That's good to know. So you don't have to capitalize lean either. It's not an acronym. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Today we have joining us Jessica Boddicker, our lean manager, and Annette Doss, our continuous improvement coach. Did I get that right? You did. Awesome. Great. So welcome and thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having us. So Jessica, I got to work on the lower level with you for a period of time. We flanked Joel Van Ekren, our, our safety director, so that was always an adventure, but I was always a little mystified and intrigued by your office because it was covered in colorful sticky notes and plans and and documents. And and so I'm just very excited to hear about the lean process. But tell us about your journey through the company, how you got to where you are today. Sure. So um, I started here in 2017 and I was exposed to lean. And then when I moved here right away after I started my first management meeting here, that was what it was about. It was about the lean journey that we were going to walk down. And so I was a project manager for a couple of years. And then 2019, with some gentle prodding, I took on the lean department. Nice. And I've been there since. Yeah. And it's it's been great. We've drastically increased what we've done and what we're capable of doing. And obviously, we're expanding the lean department. So yeah. it's been a great experience so far. That's fantastic. Cool. And Annette, you're the expansion of the lean department, uh, and we're really excited to have you on the team, but you're relatively new. So tell us how you heard about Journey and and some of your background. Thank you for having me on the podcast as well today. Um, My background is supply chain. Yeah. Part of what we're going to talk about today, supply chain operations and management, most recently in construction, but the considerable amount in healthcare. Those two incorporate a lot of lean type activities because it's it's time and deadlines that you're working up against. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we need to just start by addressing the biggest question, which is what is lean? I think it's a mystery even to people still in the company to a certain degree. Like, what does it do? What is its focus? Tell us what is lean. 
you're not wrong. <laughs> Most of the company is still mystified by it, if you will. We have trained. Yeah. <laughs> there has been substantial <laughs> amount of training, but it's different. It's different for everyone. Mm. And so like the high level concept, if you were going to go to Google, it's respect for people, continuous improvement. Mm. Those are two trademark pieces of lean. But then that's where it kind of diversifies. So a lot of people will associate lean and construction the same as manufacturing. And that's not to say that's not the same, but we apply it differently here. So the best way to explain it is that it's ultimately creating value for the end user by reducing wasteful behaviors. And the end user could be our customers that obviously benefit from you know productive projects could be cross-departmental users. So that's where we start talking about how does accounting affect project management and many of the other departments we have here. And then last but not least, it could be within project teams themselves. So when they start to depend on each other for handoffs, then we have to talk about, okay, what does that handoff look like? How do we communicate that? How do we have clearly defined expectations do we have a process? And so we figure out what the waste is in a process or a situation or even a conversation. And we figure out which tool in the lean toolbox, if you will, we can use to solve that problem. So the main ones that you'll find at Journey is the last planner system. So LPS, that encapsulates our weekly work plans, poll plans, daily huddles. We do a lot around CPM scheduling and we've married the two. And that's different. That's that's unique. It's not well defined and it's not well done outside the region mm. or outside of here, to be honest with you. Mm. And then the last one is process mapping. So we have done quite a few process maps and that's helped us set standards, operating procedures, things of that nature. So we use about three main tools around here. And then we've dabbled in 5S to help with like office supplies, storage systems, like our storage downstairs. Yep. And then tool trailers, our job trailers are 5S. So nice. yeah, cool. we dabble in a few things, but our, our trademarks are last planner, married with scheduling, and then our process mapping. Yeah. Cool. So we are a week into the new office and I still haven't seen Jessica walk around yet trying to 5S the new side. <laughs> so I'd imagine that's coming. It's probably on one of her rocks for quarter two, maybe. There you go. Uh, I'm working with the front desk and I'm yeah, letting gotcha. them. <laughs> I'll step him back on that <laughs> there one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one thing I wanted to highlight that Jessica highlighted early on in the what is lean is the respect for people. Mm. And I think this the, the culture side of lean is like when we jumped into it, you know, we too thought it was kind of a thing. And then you kind of figure out with this respect for people, it's, it's, it's a lot of culture push, culture change. Like you want people involved. You want the decision makers to be the people doing the work, yeah. you know. So that, that that really pushes how lean is successful or not through projects, through the office, whatever it is, is Definitely. really getting the right people involved and, and hearing everybody's opinion and working through things together as a team. Yeah, yeah. You can streamline a process all you want, but at, at the end of the day, there's people that are doing the process. Mm -hmm. So they've got to be on board and, and excited about it. And yeah, that's that's great. So you talked about these three tools that you utilize. Let's dig into those a little more. How do those each work day to day? Sure. So last planner, when we kick off any of our projects, it's an expectation that we're, we are going to utilize it. Right off the bat, that means that you're already scheduling your weekly work planners. You have daily huddles set. Teams have discretion on when they decide to do daily huddles. And then we have standards around them. We always expect the 80-20 rule, like 
we can't establish that every project is going to be the same. We have many variables. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so those are those are continuous items. Weekly work planners essentially plan the following week's worth of work okay. this week. Yep. And we use our schedule to help drive that. We use that to develop our six-week look ahead. There's many pieces to that, but as a whole, that's the expectation. Pull plans are the flashy part, if you will. <laughs> they are three to four hour meetings used to drive behavior around a specific scope of work. So whether that's ready for paint, ready for punch, that's how we utilize them. We've recently started doing like site work, ready for structure, things of that nature. So we use those pretty frequently, but it's up to the team to decide if it's a scope worth pulling. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then process mapping. I mean, Mm-hmm. With process mapping, we can pull the team together, and we want everybody involved that's impacted by the activity that we want to improve. And it's not to look for fault or blame in any kind of a process. What we're trying to do with process mapping is improvement, small, incremental change that can help the process along. So we'll get those those teams in. They'll have some work to do ahead of time to document how they're thinking that the process is going. We want them to bring those thoughts in, in an open environment. And then we'll start prodding their thinking is, is like, what's next to them? Give them an opportunity to think, well, Yep, that's exactly how it goes. Or no, we we missed a step here. And so then it creates buy-in with the team. They all feel like they're involved in the process. They're given an opportunity to speak and to participate in what that process looks like going forward. Then the results we're looking for, like I started, was small incremental changes that impact and, and provide opportunity for those to grow. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Sometimes when you go through those two, you see people like that don't even realize there's parts to the process that are there <laughs> yes. that other people see as a part and then they, they didn't see as a part. Mm-hmm. So it really opens up people's eyes to see like, oh, I didn't know that was part of this thing, you know, <laughs> been doing that for 10 years and didn't know that. Yeah, we just went through one with the team and there was a group that said we didn't know that was all involved before we get to our part of the process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Like that, again, if you bring that back to the respect for people part, you know, sometimes our teams can be blind to what each other's doing. Yeah. And so by bringing those two entities together, they can really go, oh. And so that drives more respect, maybe some cross communication that didn't exist before, some education. Yeah. And that, I mean, that makes all the difference. Yeah. That is how you you change culture. Yeah, definitely. And improve the communication between, with even within the team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. So how have you guys seen Lean's impact tangibly at Journey? You know, from the field perspective, you know, where we made a big push in Lean was the last planner system. And that has basically given us, you know, methods to scheduling, whether it be the poll plans and how you do your weekly work plans, the daily huddles, you know, how you communicate with your subcontractor team to have those conversations. So I would say, you know, from the field aspect is just more predictable schedules. Yeah. Um, and then having the buy-in from our trade partners with those schedules. We were in a poll plan maybe a week or so ago, and we've had subs and vendors tell us that they prefer to be on our jobs because mm-hmm. there is a certain level of pre-planning that obviously leads to better safety. And so there's a preference to, yeah. to work with us. Yeah. And then in that, they've been more profitable too. So we're trying to be transparent 
Yeah. I mean, we all have contractual obligations, but at the same time, we don't want to be the GC that's just handing down orders constantly and being command and control. We want to be the GC that's bringing our subs in and saying, please help us yeah. do this better. Yeah. And yeah. so we've really heard some great feedback over mm -hmm. the last, um, at least the last couple of months. Yep. And the collaboration that happens amongst even the trade partners between themselves yeah. and, and working on the schedule has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought too, like the one of the big things of the pull plans is pulling out constraints from mm. all the trade partners because a lot of times they have these constraints that they keep to themselves and you don't know about it. Mm. And they tell you about a week before it becomes a <laughs> yeah. real bad constraint yeah. and then it's a firefight. Yeah. Um, so trying to pull those out, you know, during that meeting, like what do you have that's holding up? Is there a submittal? Whatever it is. And then really like when they go to do their work, like what their ex expectation is of the work done in front of them. Yep. So, okay, what does that look like to you for you to start? Yeah. You know, like what do you, you know, that seems easy, but then people start saying things you didn't really realize, okay, let's have that done. You know, there's different, you know, construction, you can, you can modify how you schedule things a thousand different ways with, yeah. with parade of trades and and whatnot. So then you kind of talk through like what's efficient for everyone. Yep. Um, and you're going to have to make a call too. Like, okay, that's maybe less efficient for him, but for the other 20, like that's more efficient. So <laughs> yeah. you got to help them understand of why you may schedule things and what, what yeah. chronological order you do at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's called optimizing the whole hmm. versus parts. Yep. And sometimes... You know, when you're in those meetings and they're all like, this is our planning meeting and this is supposed to be efficient. It's like, but that's not efficient for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so we need you to think of the whole yeah. versus piece and parts. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've had to make those calls a couple of times. And it's a time commitment for our trade partners. You know, we want them to be in that room discussing the project for three, four hours at a time. That's a huge time commitment on their part as well. So we've estimated that we've done over 400 hours of poll planning <laughs> sessions over the last several years. We have done 22 different process mapping sessions, which has equaled about 66 hours of process mapping wow. internally. Three different field leaders that are now project managers and superintendents. We've sent them through the lean department to be lean coaches. Yeah. And so yeah. that's given them some hands-on training to be leaders later on yeah and we've been able to influence and be a part of 29 different project schedules so we've done a lot of we've invested a lot wow. let's yeah. put it that way yeah but the the payoff is is so evident and that's just a huge testament to you guys and your work but also to the lean process as a whole that this is something that is really pushing the envelope of the construction process and i think that's awesome you know, on that, and and I'll let Annette kind of talk to this more so than myself, but with all the work that we've done and identifying the constraints and looking at schedules and poll planning and developing and, and whatnot, we've been able to heavily influence the supply chain situation. Yeah. So, yeah, incorporating a supply chain into those schedules has been huge. Yeah. Um, in recent years, we all know what has happened to supply chain, yep. pandemic, um, you know, economic slowdowns, recession talks, yeah. um, and even port of entry issues. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> for a year we couldn't get any, you know, ships through the port. Yeah. Um, but by proactively tracking those high risk items right in our schedules, we're able to project those issues that come up. Yeah. In Journey, 
uses an industry-leading software to help us track that. We've talked about that mm. CPM software. Yeah. We're able to put those high-risk procurement items right in the schedule, link them to their construction activity, and that gives the team's visibility that says, well, my construction activity is supposed to start May 1. This item isn't going to make it. Yeah. What do we pivot? What do we do? Huh. You know, let's talk to the owner group, see what we can can figure out as an alternative. Yeah. And and so it just gives the whole team visibility on what's happening in that process. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just such an important thing for everyone, for owners, for subcontractors, for journey to as accurately as possible predict those things and <laughs> you know, do the best you can. But again, I think journey is on the cutting edge of that, that we are really leading the charge in the processes and the methods by which we are predicting those things and and scheduling those things out and and even modifying our process to accommodate those things you know i've mm-hmm. i've been on sites where they're like yeah we were supposed to have x piece of equipment here 2 months ago and normally we would have ground to a halt until it arrived but we've been able to shift things around and reprioritize and and pivot like you said and now there's this space for this thing that's going to arrive someday hopefully you know and that's huge when you think of staying on track from a journey perspective but then also for our clients who we've we've said hey we're going to deliver this and we're going to do the best we can to bring this to you so i think all of that combines to really highlight this aspect of bringing more than construction to our clients, our partners, our people. Lean and its processes is such a perfect example of that more that we bring that we're not just going to build something the same way we always have because that's the way we've always done it. But we're, we're constantly trying to improve and streamline to eliminate waste, and that makes everyone better. It's not just a journey yeah. thing. It's not just, oh yeah, we we do this because it's gonna save us money, but it saves owners money, it saves subcontractors money, it, it keeps subcontractors safe, it keeps the community safe, like all of those things, like you guys were saying, even the personal development of our people, all because of what Lean does. That's <laughs> so cool to have that kind of an impact on not only our company, but the broader reach that we have So to my knowledge, we are the only GC that is actively utilizing it across the majority of our projects in the region, at least. Um, And that's it's really inspiring to see that. And the investment is huge. I mean, it's not it's not a small fee. It's not a small investment. We go to training every single year for multiple things. Um, I have certifications. Annette is going to be working on those this coming year as well. And so there's been a very heavy buy-in if you will, yep. from Journey yep. and the leaders. And and so everything's changed even since I've been here yeah. around that. Yeah. Aaron, you've been here for a long time. So yeah. you can probably <laughs> see that. But you know, I do have I do I will say that Aaron is the one who introduced it to Journey. It was yeah. something that he had researched and brought in initially. So hmm. yeah. So thanks thanks for my job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really worked out well. Yeah. Well, guys, we are out of time, but thank you for this great discussion and for joining us on the show. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Please remember to follow and share this podcast. That helps us and it helps you stay up to date on new episodes that come out. Journey's mission is to positively impact lives by building communities. So thank you for joining us in the discussion. Join us again next time as we continue to explore what it means to do more than construction. Thanks for listening.